In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is a great tragedy to be deluded. To think that you know what's true and to realize that you don't really know the truth. Especially if it's something that's maybe embarrassing or something that's very close to us. It is that moment of revelation where all of a sudden we see ourselves in the situation, the flush face, the adrenaline pumping, that anxious energy that comes from it. It's a great tragedy to be, to be deluded because we don't know the truth. And so it's a great tragedy to think that one can serve money and God at the same time. This morning, our Lord makes it very clear. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one or he'll love the other. He'll be loyal to one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. This is not a parable. This is not a story. This is Jesus doing hard talk, very specific. You cannot serve God and mammon. And he puts it in very stark terms for us. Because if we've deluded ourselves thinking that we can follow after money and God at the same time, he tells us, you're going to end up hating one and loving the other. It's not that you can get in 50% in here, 50% here, and then everything's going to kind of equal out at the end. You're going to be loyal to one And not just unloyal, but you will end up despising the other. These are strong words. Why does our Lord speak like this? Well, our Lord knows the reality of money and what it does when we don't know how to rightly use it or rightly approach it. Because it becomes a tyrant. There is the tyranny of money or the Lordship of Christ. This is how St. John Chrysostom talks about this. Because money, once we give ourselves over to serving money, it is a tyrant. Does anyone just want a million dollars? If you've ever heard anyone winning the lottery, are they satisfied with a million dollars? Most of the time, what happens to them? They can't hang on to it, besides the taxes. They're immediately, within a year, uh uh-oh, I got a huge boat, (laughs) I got a nice house, but now I don't even have money to pay my bills. Money is subtle. It's a tyrant because it sucks all of our time, our energy, our hope, our faith. And this is not just a word to the wealthy. I know many of us will hear this and say, well, I don't really have an issue with money. Because I don't have a money to have issue with. But this is the subtlety of the service of the tyranny. It wraps itself into you whether or not you have money. Because this is about desire. This is about the heart. This is about what you put your faith in. Our Lord tells us, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body and what you will put on. 
Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? All of us, I think, in that kind of homespun wisdom will say, of course life is more than food and clothing. Life has all sorts to offer. But what actually inhabits our minds and our hearts? What do we sit and daydream about? What are our fantasies? Thinking of the dainties, the nice things that we can eat, the nicer clothing that we could have. If you don't think about this now, I can just think to my middle school self. It was always, I was scheming. How can I get those Air Jordans? Or how can I get those Jinkos? That will, that will uh, put me in a time bracket there. The nicer car, the nicer house, the more adult things maybe. If I could just get a better job, if I could increase my pay, maybe if I could, and then the scheming, the thinking, constantly. But what our Lord is saying and saying is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. He's saying, God created you. And you think he won't take care of you? He gave you life. He formed you from the dust. He knit you together. Do you not think he's going to take care of you with food and with clothing? The fruit of the tyranny of money is exactly anxiety and worrying. Or I like the way that the King James, the language of the King James is taking thought. That it takes your thoughts. All of your thoughts are about this. Some of this worrying comes specifically, and I think for most of us, is because of a fear of scarcity. That we think that we're going to have nothing, or that there is fear around the fact that we won't have. St. John Cashin, so a different St. John with a different name. St. John Cashin, writing on covetousness, he talks about a monk who goes to the monastery. And he basically, a long paragraph. I, I thought, maybe I'll summarize it. I'm just going to do the high points of it. I highly encourage you to, if you just Google St. John Cashin, covetousness, you will be able to find this. He describes a monk who his, all of his mind is like, what if I won't have enough? What if, you know, what if uh, I get sick? What if uh, the monastery runs out of money? What if, you know, you can hear all the what ifs. What if this happens? What is, so I'm going to keep this money. I need to, and then he describes the descent into a mania. All right, I've got a penny. Now I've got some money. Now I've got to double this because who knows what's going to happen. You can see as he describes it, the monk just dissipating the tyranny of greed and of money. Its, its tyranny comes from the fact that money can serve as an idol, right? What is wrong? What is the false? that is at the very center of the sphere of scarcity. It's because it has no faith in Christ. And so we turn in our fear or in our worrying and thinking about this away from Christ to think that money, which promises us many things, like every sin and every passion, money promises us that we'll be saved, right? That this will solve things for us. Money can soothe us. Money can lull us into sleep. Money can 
make all sorts of things happen, all the delicacies. And this exposes to us because it promises something. It promises to save us. It says, trust in me and I will save you. That our faith moves away from Christ and it moves to money. So this is a time, if you haven't already started thinking as I've been preaching, it's time for a self-check and an inventory. What do you worry about? What do you dwell on? What are the thoughts that you feed? The love of money is the root of all evil, St. Paul tells us, because it turns everything upside down. It is basically subverting, becoming materialist. Money is going to be my savior. Money is going to make everything work. And it ends up turning everything upside down. It hardens our heart. It turns our faith into nothing. It destroys us. Look at the birds of the air, our Lord continues, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? If God takes care of the birds, is he not going to take care of you? The one who made you, the one who knit your body together. One of the core aspects of that fear of scarcity, churning to money as an idol, is that we have forgotten God's love and providence. Which of you worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? This is one of my favorite lines in this discourse, this sermon of our Lord. Which of you can worrying can add a cubit to your stature? Who can add? Can can you make yourself grow taller? This is where it gets at the core of it for St. John Chrysostom. You cannot think your way out of God's providence. God gave you that I'm going to be five foot nine and I'm not going to get taller, even though all my brothers are taller than me. And that was well, my grandmother told me that all of your before, you know, everything kind of evened out into adulthood. You're going to be the shortest one. And, I was, and I'm the eldest. So I was like, why am I going to be the shortest one? <laughs> I'm the shortest one. And no worrying, no thinking about this. You know, can I just, I want to be taller. You know, it just, it was not going to work. There is nothing of my worrying or my abilities that was going to change it. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon... And all of his glory was not arrayed like the flowers. Now, if God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, gone tomorrow, will he not clothe you, O ye of little faith? One of the other things that lies at the heart of worrying about money is that we think that we're just being responsible. I have to be responsible. Now, I'm not saying, and our Lord is not telling us to not be responsible in the right ways. The question is, how much do we need in order to be responsible? Worrying like that monk, there's a possibility that you will get sick. Do you need to save up money for that? Etc. All of these thoughts, all of these worries. Worrying that you 
And in order to be responsible is a lack of faith. It's acting without faith. It is an actual rejection of reality. It is a dream. It is a fantasy. That's why it's what ifs. What if? What if? St. John Chrysostom tells us happiness can only be achieved by looking inward and learning to enjoy whatever life has. This requires transforming greed into gratitude. God made me five foot nine, and there's no much, it doesn't matter how much I worry about it, I'm not going to be six foot two. And I need to be grateful that I'm five foot nine. I guess it means I have more people to look up to, those that are taller than me. There are ways in which I can be thankful. Our Lord ends this morning, therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear, for after all these things the Gentiles seek. The Gentiles, because they're not a part of the kingdom, they don't see the gift, the hope that we have in our Lord. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. It is an opportunity when we see within our hearts greed, covetousness, the tyranny of money and worrying about money for us to repent and seek the kingdom of God, to return in faith to his loving providence, to bring our mind at bay, to still it before his throne, to have our heart be quieted before him and put in subjection to him. St. John Chrysostom in his homily on this section of the Sermon on the Mount which I read for you so that you don't have to wind your way through that Victorian translation trying to figure out what he's saying exactly. So I'm going to summarize the four points that he gives to help us with the tyranny of money. One, learn not to covet. Curb your desires. Do not desire what others have. Because it doesn't matter Once you get that house, that boat, you're going to want another thing, and another thing, and another thing. The desire never ends. So learn now not to covet what others have. Curb your desires. Number two, this is John Chrysostom, so this may not be a surprise. Practice almsgiving. Almsgiving resounds through the fathers. It is incredibly important to the fathers Because giving money to those who need, giving money, having that relationship with money that you just handed on is a sign of faith that God rules over all and provides for all. So when we give alms, when we sacrifice of our money, when we give to the church, when we give to those who need, we confess him as creator and redeemer And we also confess him as the provider. This is the baseline aspect of faith. That he is the creator, the provider, the redeemer. So practice almsgiving. That might mean planning ahead, putting some money in your pocket, putting some cards in your pocket of food, etc. But practice almsgiving. This curbs the tyranny of money. Three simplify your life 
St. John Chrysostom says, no excessive sumptuousness. Be moderate. Acquire things through honest labor. We don't need 30 pairs of shoes. We don't need five coats. And now I'm going to St. Basil here. We don't need excess. It complicates everything. Simplify your life. And he echoes St. John the Baptist when his preaching to the soldiers, be content with your wages. If you're not content with your wages, simplify your life. For give thanks to God for what you have. Gratitude. Be thankful. Not feeding that cavernous desire for more. St. John Chrysostom sees that the challenge and the tyranny of money is not something that we can easily uproot. For him, he actually has voluntary poverty is the actual goal. And he says, we need to be a little bit measured because that's not where you all are at, as he was talking to his audience. That's not where I'm at. I'm sure that's not where you're at. You are at voluntary poverty at this point. But he exhorts in his sermon, he tells us, considering the measures of that discipline which is set before us, to learn not to covet, to practice almsgiving, to simplify our lives, and to grow in gratitude to God, let us press on at least to the middle station. So put some goals in front of you. If you do that regularly, he tells us, one will be delivered from the punishment which is to come, and, and more importantly, will arrive at the very summit of all good things, to the God who loves us, provides for us, gives us everything. By this grace and love towards us, let us be thankful, let us turn in faith to him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.